welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I hope you're all well. I hope you've had a great week. This is an amazing chat. I got to speak with the beautiful Alana. You might know her on Instagram and TikTok. She's got like 1.5 million followers and she is a registered dietitian nutritionist. Alana's weight loss journey starts with her being quite an obese child. She was put in fat camp over the summertime. As she mentioned in this chat, you'll get to hear. She would return back to school for the rest of the year and she'd put the weight back on and a bit extra each and every time. So she really took a hold of her life when she finished school, got to college and she started her weight loss journey. And it wasn't overnight. It wasn't in a year. It took a few years, but she did it properly. And now she's here to teach you how to do the same. She has a program called To Be Mindset, where she coaches hundreds of thousands of women around the world on losing weight, helps them with their weight loss journey, has one-on-one sessions, has a book out, like the whole thing. She's really amazing. In this chat, we're able to talk about maintenance and weight loss and temptation, how to avoid that. Because I mean, like I am very, I, I, I love food. I'm very tempted to food for me, for instance, my grandma's cupboard, there's just this one cupboard where it has all the treats. And without even thinking, I just walk straight in there. My mom does the same thing. Um, and you know, it can be really hard when you're on a weightless journey, when you're tempted with things all around you, because the people who you're living with might not be on the same journey as you are. So how do you keep up the motivation to be on your path without being tempted. And we talk a lot about that and getting rid of excuses, why the all or nothing attitude is complete bullshit and doesn't work. And it's just, it's just a real lovely chat. And I think you're really going to benefit from this, regardless of whether you're trying to lose weight, maintain weight, put on weight, there's something in it for everyone. And I really do hope you enjoy. Definitely leave us a comment below, subscribe, rate, review, and all Alana's socials and my socials are down in the description box below. Enjoy. Welcome, Alana, to the show. I'm so excited Hi. to have you on. You're someone who I followed on social media for a long time. You're s- someone who has like promotes like healthy living, healthy weight loss, all of that without the quick teas and shakes and all of that, which I think is so stupid to begin with. But the truth of the matter is people fall for it and they believe in quick fixes. And I guess then they get upset that it doesn't last. And I don't think, I I feel like those things should be illegal to begin with. They shouldn't be on the market. Mm -hmm. Um, But let's start, we'll get into all of that. But I want to start with what are you grateful for today? Uh, being able to fit it all in, um, being able to wake up, get my kids out of the house, fed, dressed in school, work out with a good friend of mine and workout buddy, and actually a former client who's turned friend, uh, workout buddy and to be on here today. So productive productivity is progress is my positivity. I love to be productive. I always tell people you know, productive, not destructive. There's, mm-hmm. you know, usually if people are not being productive with their time, they're being destructive with their time. Um, so I'm born and raised in New Yorker. When I get a lot done and fit a lot in and get to, you know, be doing things for me while rising others up as well, it's a good day. That's awesome. Do you ever feel like if you're not doing something, let's say that you feel is productive, you feel like you're wasting your time and you feel guilty? Yeah, I have a hard time 
watching television shows um, and things like that. I just uh, I just heard a, a really interesting thing that there's a man there's a man by the name of Jim Quick. He has a huge following. He's known as like the brain coach. Uh, he has a book called Limitless, I believe, in a podcast that I love. I was just listening to it. Uh, and he referred to watching some TV. He said, on one hand, it could be a source of reducing stress and entertainment, but if like abused, it could also be used as like an empty calorie, mm-hmm. uh, which I can obviously relate to well uh, as a dietitian nutritionist. You know, something is like kind of like, you're eating for pleasure, but like it's not really giving you the nutrition you need to flourish uh, and nourish your body and you know feed into your future. So uh, yes, I like to be very productive. I I have like a lot of goals and things I like to accomplish, mm-hmm. and um, you know step by step, I like to feel like I'm working on them. Constantly. Yeah, I I'm the same. Like I can't. I can't watch TV and just sit there. Like the the weird thing is I don't, I, don't, I say I don't like movies and it's because when I see, oh, it's like an hour and a half, two hour commitment. I'm like, that's too big, but I can easily watch like six episodes of a TV show and it'd be longer. Like that's all good. <laughs> but I'm always like on my laptop or doing, I just need to do something while I'm watching TV. Otherwise, I, I don't know. I just can't sit. But it's funny because I was having one of um, the first episode that's already up on the podcast podcast this season was with one of my friends and we were talking about depressions and you know those sort of things and she said the only time that she fell into it the first thing she did was binged Game of Thrones and that is literally what you're saying like it can be like a source of entertainment but or a zero calorie or, or just like you yeah. know empty calories where you're just doing it because you don't know what else to do it could be a strong procrastinator yes I, I see it as that so like you know I think it's I think the first thing people need to do to find the, you know, quote unquote balance with entertainment um, and social media and things like that. I think first things first, you should have a really clear idea of what you want to accomplish in the next month, in the next six months, in the next year, in the next five years, in the next 10 years, in the next 15 years, kind of set up those goals and then, and have them maybe where you can see them or where you can refer back to them. Um, here and there and and then you'll find a way to fit tv in because if they're on the wall it's really hard to watch you know three weeks worth of tv if you if you have a short-term goal that like needs to be accomplished within the month Uh, so that could help Um, but I think if you have no goals and no accountability it's really easy to keep doing destructive things Um, which is why you know as part of my weight loss program I've lost 100 pounds and I've kept it off uh, for many, many years now. And I've helped thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people lose weight and keep it off as well. And one thing I am a fan of is using the scale and non-scale victories, but having some sort of measurement tools because it keeps you accountable. Like if you never went on the scale and you never had any accountability, of course you want to eat five bags of chips. Of course you want to just order in like Mm. Postmates, like a bunch of different pasta dishes and calzones and pizza slices, because there's nothing telling you that you shouldn't um, or that it's not healthy for you. And then it's really hard to think long-term like, oh, okay. So when I'm 50, I'll I'll start being healthy. It's like really easy to keep kicking the can down the road. But Mm -hmm. if you have measurement tools and other goals working for you along the way, you start to be like, oh, okay. I can still have some pasta, but I don't need to order like six orders of it. Yeah. Um, 
but and how do you build sensibility? How do you go with that balance of the scale? Because like a lot of people find it really unhealthy. Like for me personally, I don't have a scale because I know it's bad for me. I used to be really bad with it at home and obsessed with it. And so now like when I moved, that was like a non-negotiable, you're not getting a scale. So now like, I guess you kind of work it with your clothes because you do feel, and I feel like when you're putting on weight, your whole body kind of stretches and it feels uncomfortable. So you can kind of tell but yeah, how do you go with those clients that are not, don't have a good relationship with that scale? Okay, so a little background on me. Uh, I was morbidly obese as a kid. I was 100 pounds heavier. Um, you can see my before pictures pretty much everywhere if you Google them. Um, I have one on the cover of my book. Uh, if you can see, I was morbidly, morbidly obese from starting at four, I was the biggest kid in the class. Uh, starting at five, my doctor had me off the charts and uh, I was pretty much off the charts, morbidly obese, um, way beyond heavy, uh, I'd say. Rolls and rolls and rolls of fat, um, co coating my body and already having a risk of prediabetes and heart disease as a nine, 10, 11 year old kid. Uh, my doctor told me even when I was a young child that I was had blood levels that you would expect in a middle-aged man. So super, super, super unhealthy. And at a young age, my parents sent me to weight loss camp. So I was sent to a weight loss camp in the summer and I had like pre-portioned food. I had to work out 10 hours a day and really like it was a quote unquote fat camp, like where you go just to, you know, lose fat. And then I'd come back and I'd feel amazing. My mom would get me new clothes. Everyone would compliment me, but I would just gain all the way back because you could gain a lot more weight in 10 months in the school year than you can lose in two months. So I basically lose 30 pounds and then just gain it all back, lose 30 pounds by going back again, and then just gain it all back and more. And I kept gaining more. So I'd lose 30, gain 50, lose 30, gain 50. And I just kept like quadrupling up in size, um, which really brought me to like 215 pounds. And I was only like five feet, two inches tall. Um, I was wearing a size 20. I had a custom like fit things. Uh, there's very few size 20s then. And now there's more. Um, and now more people are obese. Now it's unbelievable. By, we're predicting that by like 2030, it's going to be one in every two people are obese. Now we kind of view people in a healthy weight range as skinny um, mm. rather than seeing them as healthy just because it's turned so far. I used to be feel so alone being so overweight. And, you know, I was that one heavy kid in the class of 30. And now it's like one in every five teens are overweight or obese. So um, unfortunately, you know, my whole dream as a kid was to help the growing obesity epidemic because it was growing for the past 20 years, but it's really gone completely, totally out of hand. Um, and one thing that well, I was about 13, 14 years old when I really just changed my mindset. I'm like, enough is enough. I'm like losing weight, gaining more, losing weight, gaining more. My weight is becoming such a topic of conversation. I just want to be able to put on jeans and a t-shirt and move on with my day and not have to tear apart my entire closet or avoid buttons and jeans altogether and avoid span and only wear spandex and stretchy clothes, the whole thing. Um, and I was unhealthy. I was huffing and puffing, going upstairs. I wasn't my fit, healthy self that I wanted to be. So that's when I really changed my mindset. And one of the first things I did, uh, Anita, was I would say, what am I doing in the summer that's working clearly 
that I'm not doing in the school year? Like, what's the number one thing? Because I keep coming back every June for camp and I'm up 50 pounds and I'm like, oh my God. So you went to camp every year? Every year for like five, six years. And, and were the same people there at camp as well? I, pretty much, yeah. I started bonding with you know, <laughs> my friends. Those are my summer friends. And it was great because we, I was able to share clothes with them, right? All these things I couldn't do with my school friends. I was able to have like boyfriends and be desired. And I loved it. It was definitely like a safe place, but I kind of was tapped out. Like I wanted to spend my summers wherever I wanted, not it be like this must, like if you don't go to weight loss camp, like it, it's kind of scary what's going to be with you and your health and your eating patterns. So one of the first things I did is I was like, you know what, I'm, at weight loss camp, you go on the scale every week. And it's actually like a really happy experience. Like everyone lines up to go on the scale and you know, you lose two pounds a week or three pounds a week or one pound a week, whatever it is. And you kind of like slap five with your friends. And it's really like this positive experience because you're seeing that your hard work is paying off. And then for 10 months, every school year, I would just avoid it, go back on in June and be like, oh my God, it's how did I gain 45 pounds over 10 months? So one of the things I first did was thankfully I always had this like positive relationship with the scale because it was at a young age looked at as something that was just reaffirming progress. And then it became scary to like avoid it. And then I had all these negative associations with avoiding it for a long period of time because it always felt so daunting. Like, oh my God, I'm I'm there again. So uh, that's when going into high school, the only thing I did is I got a scale, kept it in my closet and I would go on like once or twice a week. And that was the first year in my life that I actually stayed the same weight throughout the school year. And that was like the most exciting thing ever throughout my freshman year. I just stayed the same on my own. Um, And that's where I saw, wow, I could really maintain my weight. And then over high school, healthfully and steadily, I brought in more and more healthy habits. All my mantras uh, that I talk about in my weight loss program basically built my weight loss program. That was like my starting foundation of it. Um, That's now helped literally like over 2 million people have access to it. Um, And it was amazing. Like the scale started becoming my best friend and greatest reinforcer. And then I did more and more research, became a registered dietitian, got my master's degree in nutrition and really, really studied the scale. And the interesting thing about the scale is it's heavily researched for its benefits and helping people lose weight. Everyone loves the scale when they're on a weight loss plan. Like people love to see it. But everyone hates it when they're gaining weight and they're not focused, right? And the interesting thing is, uh, so we studies have proven that going on the scale, and I cite some studies in my book, and if you Google Molstein, like my last name, scale, Journal of Obesity, I have a lot of published research on it. There's plenty of research supporting that can help with weight loss, but even more so, it's very, very, very important for preventing weight gain. Uh, so it's really a great maintainer device. It helps people who've already hit their goal weight stay at their goal weight. Um, so if you have like a really negative relationship with the scale, it's probably because you've thought that you have to not eat in order to see it move. Um, and that's horrible. It's a horrible place to be. People think like that people develop this very unhealthy relationship with the scale because they feel like they have to quote unquote starve themselves in order for it to lose. But the fascinating thing is actually, if you do that, you tend to not lose weight at all. And then you just binge and then the scale goes up six pounds and then you kick in, you never want to see it again. So that's a really unhealthy relationship with scale. And I totally recommend anyone who's in that horrible cycle you do kick it to the curb forever and you don't look at it. Uh, However, 
if you want to have a healthy relationship with the scale and you want to use it in a way that can help you lose weight and keep it off for many, many years, mm-hmm. I really recommend watching my program videos at tobemindset.com and learning actually how you could be eating like loads and loads and loads of food to actually see the scale drop. And, you know, you always want to focus more on effort than on outcomes. So I talk a lot within my program, within my book about, you know, you're writing down your food every day. So you're seeing that like, oh, wow, you know what? Sometimes on the days that you eat more, you weigh less. Um, so like within my book, you'll see like what to eat and what to order and buy meals and the whole deal. Um, because the last thing that anyone should do is think that they have to eat less um, in order to weigh less. It just yeah. really doesn't work that way. Um, I'm all about volume. I'm a volume eater. So I didn't resonate ever with any dietitian who told me that I have like portion control because I like to eat a lot of food. I still eat huge, huge, huge volumes of food. I never ate or consumed a drop less, a hundred pounds down. I just changed up what I'm filling my body up with. Um, and the scale can completely and totally work in your favor. So yeah. I think it's really important to first learn how I recommend you eat and then bring the scale in to see that it's actually a positive reinforcement for positive habits and not a reinforcement for negative habits. Yeah, I love that. And I love your new, you because you've got this new reel series where you show like what, you know, what you should eat for weight loss, maintenance and weight gain. And the irony is you the pizza is still in every single plate. It's just yeah. like the salad or the fat or the protein is just a little bit different. And I think it's a really important reminder for so many people, especially because everyone's just online scrolling, that just because you want to lose weight, it doesn't mean you have to give up and just like cut cold, cold turkey. Cause I've also, I watched one of your videos recently and you were saying you don't like the all or nothing attitude. It doesn't work. Are you able to explain that yeah. a little bit more? Totally. All or nothing will get you nowhere. That's what I always say. All or nothing will get you nowhere. Oh, it's like, I have a lot of patience. Um, but when people tell me they're all or nothing, I'm just like, you're not, you're not, there's, you're not a, you're not a billionaire or dead broke. Like you're somewhere in the middle. You're not like an abusive parent or, you know, a Willy Wonka parent. You're somewhere in the middle. Like you're not a division one athlete and you're not a couch potato. You're somewhere in the middle. Like everyone who thinks like all or nothing, it just, it, 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 if you had, if you really had that mentality, you would actually not get out of bed. Like it's just a series of depression. Like if you're not Michael Jordan, you should never dribble a ball. Like it's mm. ridiculous. Like if you're not, you know, um, Bella Hadid, you should never try to wear a cute outfit. Like it's just, it's so, it's so silly. Like, and anyone who says that they're all or nothing, I feel like they're just, honestly, people say they're like, you know, they're all or nothing, but I really cough it up to just like, it's a lot of insecurity and fear of failing and saying that you're all or nothing is like a really good excuse to not try. Um, and I, that's why I just, I don't have a lot of patience for it because if people think they're all or nothing, like they, they usually just don't get anywhere. Uh, they start with like, you know, on Monday, they're perfect. They planned out all their meals and Tuesday, they're perfect. They planned out all their meals. Like Wednesday, their food tastes sour. So then they go and drive through and just eat a ton of fast food. Like it, mm-hmm. it doesn't really make any sense. And I think it's just that you use it as an excuse to just go and revert back to old unhealthy habits. And actually that's one of the best like causes and effects that you see in play with the scale, because 
in the past, a lot of people like, you know, if they're not perfect on, you know, whatever unrealistic eating plan they're on, they feel like they, okay, now it's an excuse to just binge eat and eat everything in my pantry and order in a bunch of food. But when you're actually using the scale regularly, you see, okay, you know what? I wasn't like quote unquote perfect following the plan. I did eat like, you know, a couple more slices of bread or a couple more handfuls of pretzels or chocolate chips than I was expecting, but okay. Like, so what? So I gained a pound or two, I can lose a pound or two. But if you have this all or nothing mentality, it's like, oh, I'm just going to go until I gain 20 more pounds. It's like, why? Like, why would you ever do that? So I think it just comes from a lack of sensibility and understanding how progress is made. It really is always made step by step at a time. And um, yeah, everyone who tells me that they're all or nothing, it's, it's like, success comes from consistency and you only have to improve by 1% every day to be a hundred percent better in a few months. So, um, it's just, it, it doesn't, it really doesn't work. Uh, one thing that your audience will probably not relate to at all. Um, and I'm fairly young. Uh, I had, I got married really young. I had kids really young. So like, I still am young, but I guess I'm in this like young mom division. And one the thing that inspires me every single day is being a fit grandmother. And like, I know that sounds so bizarre and out of reach with society, but like I already, and like maybe your audience would just respond stronger to like being a fit parent because I was at the beach with my daughter this weekend and like we were racing in the sand. I want to be able to race her in the sand. Like Mm -hmm. she started doing cartwheels. It inspired me to want to start doing cartwheels. Like being taking on life if you have any interest in becoming a parent if you have any interest in building a business like it takes a lot of energy and being unhealthy and eating unhealthy it just weighs you down um and I know because I've just seriously seriously been there that like I I'm doing things physically running now that I used to never run before that I've never been able to do before so I think it's really important that people are inspired to live well for a long time rather than, you know, all or nothing. And, and anyone who says they're all or nothing at a young age, like below 35, it's, I just, I beg you, like, I want to hold your shoulders and shake it. <laughs> it's so silly. Like we're on this planet. Thank God. Like for a long time, people are living a long time, like through their nineties, you want to be in your eighties and nineties, walking in your jogger suit, like yeah. you know, talking with your, with your friends and, and swinging a tennis racket or a golf club or whatever it is that, you know, you do like, you don't have to look right in a bikini by spring break. You want to look in a bikini or any sort of bathing suit or in shorts and a t-shirt on the beach and feel good to play volleyball on the beach, to ride a bike on the beach this summer, next summer in five years from now and 10 years from now. So to work in progress. I think that's so true. Two things there that just made me think of. It made me think of, there was one thing I heard when I was, I was probably like, you know, late teens, you know, when everyone was starting to diet and by diet, I mean, we thought the way to lose weight and be fit was to have, I think we were doing three apples a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We'd just eat an apple, which is insane to me now. I can't believe it, but that's what we were doing. And I heard something and it said, you know, because I had a friend who was, you know, we were, we would literally go on just power walks for two hours around this whole area just to burn off that apple that we just had. Right. It was, it was insane. And one of the things, and she was saying she had lost her mother recently at the time. 
and she said she was craving this particular like pastry and it reminded her of her mother but she didn't want to eat it because you know we were trying to be all fit and skinny and I hate that word but you know that word and I heard this thing and it it literally had said you know eat the pastry because you're not going to gain weight overnight in the same way you're not going to lose weight overnight. It, you know, like you said, it takes maybe five years to do it. It's not overnight. And if it's overnight, it's not maintainable. And the right. other thing that you mentioned, I was like, girl, I want to be a fit grandma too. Like, mm-hmm. I think I, my grandpa touch wood, my grandparents are really, really healthy. My grandpa's 95. Lucky and you. He, he has such a thrill when he runs up the stairs or runs down and then he looks back at me because he's faster. Like that's, that's what I want. You're so lucky to have that inspiration. I have to tell you, you're so lucky to have that inspiration. Like we need to, to this day, my favorite clients are women over 60. Like I have tons of clients that are teenagers that are in their twenties, that are in their thirties, but my favorite clients are in their sixties. And like, oh, 70s grandmothers, like, because a lot of them are seeing me because they want to lose 20 pounds. They want to lose 30 pounds. And yeah. I'm like, the fact that you only need to lose 20 pounds in your 60s, like, I need your secrets more than yeah. you. Need um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, you know, it, we have to be thinking, taking care of your body is just, it's, a, it, I always say it's a life skill learning how to control your weight and stay healthy in your body for as long as you possibly can is a life skill some people like me had to figure it out at 13 and when I talk to teenagers who have to you know lose weight they're like oh my god my friends are so skinny it's so unfair I'm like dude if you figure this out now you're not gonna have to figure it out later and like I promise you it everything hits the fan at 30, like 30 first kid, whatever it is, all your super, super, super thin friends who can eat whatever they wanted totally flips and they have to start trying. I've seen them all as clients. Everyone listening is like, I don't believe it. You don't see my friend. You've never seen my friend. Look at her parents. Like if you have a friend who's like, always so teeny tiny, look at the parents. Is the mom sitting there eating lots of like pizza and chips and crackers? And probably not. Um, And if the mom is still, you know, thin, fit and healthy, probably because that mom is like the fact that she had that body growing up and now she's doing what she needs to do to preserve it. Um, But no one is immune for so long. No. Um, And you have to like, the sooner you realize that and you realize like it takes work, but it pays off. And, and the sooner you build the habits, you start craving the good for you things. Like you start craving workouts, start craving more water, you start craving like veggie based delicious meals because you're putting tomato sauce and cheese all over it and pairing it with meatballs and it tastes great zucchini noodles or spaghetti squash noodles or hearts of palm noodles rather than it just having to be white pasta every time. Like the easier it is to just live well rather than thinking, oh, I'm just going to continuously eat lots of junk food and when I have to worry about it or care about it, I will. Everything we do is a series of habits. So the sooner you pick up some healthy habits and train your taste buds taste buds to like and enjoy more good for you foods, the better you'll be able to not have to take it to the extremes and be daunted by big numbers. You never want to put yourself in a position where you have to lose 30, 40, 50, 60 pounds if you can avoid it. Of course, if you're there, I mean, I have like thousands of people. My whole book is lined in before and after pictures of yeah, people who've had lots to of every kind of Yeah. Hundreds and thousands. Thank God. But, um, 
you know, if you can just prevent that and just keep yourself in a healthy, steady state, it's going to be so much easier for you to jump in um, and take it to the next level. If you ever want to train for a marathon or, you know, get really serious about boxing or, or any sort of sport. Yeah. I mean, how do you, what, what happens with, um, you have clients, how do you go and teach them with the people that are like, have this goal and they're like, right, I need to lose weight. I want to do this, but you're living with people who aren't not necessarily not supportive, but they're not on the same journey as you. So you can't expect others to, you know, get rid of all the chips and the junk food because that's your journey. Yeah. Oh yeah. When I got married to my husband, um, you know, it was like a huge change, right? Like when I was living with just like me and a girlfriend uh, in our apartment, it was like, we were making eggplant chips at night, like slicing eggplants thin and like roasting them. And we're like, oh my God, this is so fun. And this is so good. And then I, you know, they call it like the boyfriend 15. Like we started cooking together and then we got married and we went on a honeymoon. It was like muchos nachos, like tequila, Mm -hmm. like I just like started gaining lots and lots of weight or like our first year in our marriage and he did too. And I was like, whoa, 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 we got to, we got to change it up. And even then it was much easier for me to like implement healthier habits within our current lifestyle. But then you have kids, right? And like the kids want candy. And now you have to know, like my pantry, like sometimes I go on Instagram live. I just did one and has like 60,000 views. I saw that when he was was eating cake. (laughs) I have so much cake in my house. I have so many loaves of bread. I have so, I'm like so human. And thankfully with my program, it really helps you build self-control with time. Okay. So I used to have zero self-control, could not be trusted in the kitchen alone. That's where all my pounds uh, grew, especially at a TV in the kitchen and the stool. And I would just have peanut butter jar after peanut butter jar and everything in sight. Um, but my program is designed to help you improve your relationship with food, drop pounds and really build self-control like you never knew you had in your life. Um, And I'm still shocked to this day. Like I've lost my hundred pounds. I've kept it off for years through my pregnancies and everything. And still to this day, when like I see my kids have some like leftover chicken nuggets and fries and all these things on their plate and I'm not wolverining it down. I'm instead just like putting it in the trash because it's better in the trash and in my body. I'm like, whew, my program really works. Um, And I have all these things that, people call Alana-isms. My whole book is lined with my Alana-isms. My water bottle is lined with my Alana-isms. They're like my little catchphrases. I've always been really good at marketing. And I realized when I was younger that all you can eat. (laughs) And then my dad used to say, what's better than food? Free food. So I always had these like little catchphrases in my head that were totally not helping me. So then I created all these little mantras. I trademarked a bunch of them water first veggies most two pounds at a time you know better in the trash than your body better in the waist than on your waist like all of these little phrases dinner and done um that really help you stay reminded that you know it that you can do this and that's really why my program you know has created such a tremendously positive community of incredible results and it's like really positive because i think Everyone just needs those little mantras. And the funny thing is like so many people, I I love hearing, like talking to someone who's done my program because it's really interesting to hear which ones like change their life. Um, You know, I was talking to someone recently, a new client, and she has lots of weight to lose, but she watched my program, you know, two, three years ago, it's a video-based program. And she said, one thing I have always kept up with 
is ever since I watch your videos, every time I go to McDonald's or Starbucks and I get a McMuffin sandwich or like um, a Gouda egg breakfast wrap or whatever they have, she goes, I always take the top off because I always say like things are better topless or an open face is a happy face. Like all these little things, you know, sometimes they, yeah. they really work in changing your habits and making you feel positive about them rather than making it something that you feel is like daunted or dreadful. Like I try to make weight loss fun because for me, losing weight made everything in my life more fun. So. Right. Yeah. I think, I think a hundred percent, like no matter what you do, if it's weight loss or anything else, it is, there's a lot of a mind game in there. You have to train your mind. Like for me, I talk about this with my mom a lot because my grandma's house, bless her soul, but we don't even like, we won't even go greet her. We walk straight to that one cupboard. It's just like second nature without thinking. We open the cupboard. We know, Oh, what's in the cupboard today. Cause she's got all the treats in the world. And when we're like trying to, when I'm trying to be like, you know, I'm trying to be on a, a better, like stop with the treats or whatever. And she used to tell my mom, my grandma, like, you know, don't have it. And my grandma was like, no, well, I have self-control. That's, that's on you. You've got oh, to work, on, you. I know. You've got I to work know. on that self-control, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's crazy. And I mean, it's very hard. It's very hard. It's not easy. It's like, it it's very easy. You're and retraining everything. You're retraining your muscles, your direction, your brain, your comfort. Yeah, it's there's a lot of there's a lot going on there. And I I was talking to my mom about how I was gonna have you on and I asked her, like, do you have any questions? She's and my mom said, What is how do you where's the motivation of maintenance? Because there's a motivation to lose if you feel uncomfortable or you just want to lose weight. Like she said, you know, for example, she was trying to fit in a particular dress and she got there event or something. Yeah, exactly. COVID has been horrible for people because there's no deadlines yeah you know all those summer weddings were canceled so uh, yeah okay that's a great question well first on the grandmother's pantry I totally relate my mother-in-law bless her heart she's the best and like over the years she has like totally transformed her cooking um which is amazing for me like you know I didn't but I used to, every time I went to my mother-in-law's house, I would just gain six pounds. It was a guarantee. She's a gourmet yeah. chef. She has the best food in the world. And we would go there for like five days at a time. And every meal was like a nine course spectacle. Like, and she wouldn't just have a cake. She would like buy out a bakery. if She knew we were coming <laughs> and the whole counters would be lined with it. So super tricky. And it made me like like almost like dread going there in a way. Because yeah. Like, I know that I had to, I could, I wouldn't be able to fit in my clothes leaving. And that happened several times. Uh, but I was like, I have to change my mindset. Like she's my mother-in-law. I, like my husband and I hopefully will be together till 120. Like, you know, I need to find a way to get comfortable in her house. So I just did a really like a much better job preparing way before she, you know, started making her cooking healthy. I, I would just, bring my own stuff like whatever it was I'd bring if we were going for a couple of days I'd just bring my own case of water um even though she has water it's like I I drink a crazy amount of water I always say water first uh veggies most I was like you know what if I bring my own case of water then I know I'll have my, my two water bottles a day while I'm there and like they're checked off and and that and then I would literally like come in with my own veggies and just keep telling her like I'm bringing a veggie platter and she's like no you don't have to I don't even have room to put it in the fridge I'm like it's okay. Like I'll eat it. And then I, so I started doing that. Then she started like tasting my food, really liking it. And then slowly it's been a build, but you have to go in with a plan. If you know, you're going into these like super vulnerable situations, 
and you're trying to stay on track, gotta go in with the plan. And, you know, no one needs another bottle of wine or, you know, box of chocolates. If you bring a salad or like a pretty veggie tray with a dip inside, people will always be thankful. And then you'll have something to snack on while you're there, at least first before you raid the pantry. Right. So um, that's just like a tip on that. Uh, and then um, when it comes to, you know, I get this question all the time. Like, how do you stay motivated? I think the word motivated is so like misconceived. Like I think people have this idea that healthy and fit people wake up in the morning, like rawr, I'm like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to take on my day. I feel amazing. Yeah, and like, but they're it, human. <laughs> it's not true. Like this morning, think accountability is everything. So I'm started working out with this workout buddy of mine who's like, you know, becoming a, a closer friend. And I messaged her before. I'm like, just so you know, I'm completely feeling dead this morning. You have to be gentle on me. Um, but it's like something about seeing her, it kind of like reminds me of times that I did have energy and it, and it really just boosted me up and she challenges me and that really helps. So definitely helps to have an accountability buddy. Cannot recommend it enough. Positive people, positive weight loss. It is so much easier if you do it with her. She does it with grandma, grandma, dad. The more people that are on board, the better off everyone is. Um, so don't just like do a weight loss plan when all your friends are, don't know about it. Tell them like, I'm doing this healthier eating lifestyle. So instead of going to the bar to hang out, can we make it into a walk, mm -hmm. not to burn off an apple, but just so we yeah. can both get out. Um, so it, it definitely helps to have some sort of accountability. Uh, and then other things that keep me motivated. I mean, you really have to know your why. So you really have to know your why. I feel like people are like, I want to lose weight because I want to fit in a dress, but it's not deep enough of a why. Um, one of the things when you get my weight loss program, you get my tracker book, which is extremely important because um, it really helps you feel what's good in your own body. You know, we always like follow these random diets. I should be gluten-free, I should be dairy-free, but maybe you don't have to be either. Like, I don't have to be either. Um, I don't have to be vegan. I don't have to cut out sugar and sweets or fries or anything to lose weight. And that's because I've figure it out for my own self, what works best for me. And that's what my program does. Um, but in the beginning, I really, on the first page, it's like, what's your why? Why are you doing this? And there are a lot of lines. And I really recommend everyone like really take the time to write the lines. Like, why do you really want to lose 20 pounds? You're not going to lose 20 pounds and just magically be happier. You have to find a way to be happy every step of the way. And like a lot of times people think, you know, I'll be miserable. I'll starve myself. I'll lose 20 pounds. I'll be happy. They hit 20 pounds down. They realize they're still miserable. They gain all their weight back. So you really have to know your why. Like, do you want to be um, fit and healthy for the summer? Do you want to have more energy? Do you want, do you feel like you're going to be happier, more confident in your body if you had 15 pounds less, you know, to carry? Like, I know when I was heavier, I was still cropping myself out of every picture. Like that made me kind of feel shameful inside. Like I wanted to get rid of that shame and feel more authentic in my body and who I am at every angle. Um, so I think you kind of have to like really know your why and really celebrate that. Cause I think that really keeps you going. And at the same time, you have to feel really strongly about what the pain points are about staying where you are. Um, so like for me, I'm almost like thankful that I was so overweight and I struggled so much and I cried in front of the mirror and I was squeezing, you know, my chub and so unpleased with my body for so long that like, when people say, how do you stay motivated to be consistent? It's like, I have a lot I'm avoiding, you know, like I, I am running away from something that was so unpleasant. And I took the time to really meditate on how unpleasant it was because it really gives me constant fire to like 
avoid that at all costs. And then while at the same time thinking about, you know, how far I can go if I stay healthy and consistent. So I think you have to like really think about where you are now. Maybe you're up 10 pounds, maybe you're up five pounds, maybe you're just like, don't even know. Maybe like you just haven't put on a button in a long time. You're hanging out in stretchy pants. Maybe you're just like really, you know, thin and slim, but like, you know, your eating habits aren't so sustainable. And I really recommend like thinking like, okay, like if I continue down this path, in five years, where will I be? And in 10 years, where will I be? If I don't change at all, what will happen? And if I do start making healthier changes, what could happen in five to 10 years? And when you get really clear on those two things, it usually will motivate you to keep, mm, you know, I think making so. healthy things in your life. I'm curious, in terms of food, do you, because you know, a lot of people use food as a comfort people use it to celebrate people like, you know, there are a lot of, obviously it, the main purpose is to nourish your body, your soul, your mind, keep you going, give you energy, a lot of emotions, but there's so many emotions. Do you have any emotional connection? Like for me personally, if I'm sad, if I'm happy, if I want to celebrate like all the things I will go to ice cream. (laughs) That's my thing. That's my, my thing. So I have something, um, like I, in my book, I have the three pillars where um, all eating, I realized in working with thousands of people that all eating choices come from a matter of a nutritional choice, like you're just hungry, um, an environmental choice, your grandmother's house, you see it, you eat it, and an emotional choice, which is everything else. So in my book, I actually made an emotional eating A to Z guide um, with like 10 plus different kinds of emotional eating. Like I could just read a couple. Yeah. Um, anger, A to Z, literally. So anger eating, avoidance eating, comfort eating of all kinds, companion eating, elevated eating, fear of the unknown eating. And I made this before, uh, right before Corona. <laughs> FOMO eating, like the fear of missing out. Um, forced eating, guilty eating, identity eating, which is really interesting uh, to read through. Um, innocent eating, which is like a whole other thing. Procrastinating eating is like my big biggest one. thing. Yeah. Procrastinating eating. I coined that term, um, self-sabotage that. eating. And there's so much, so much, so much more. I'm like ticking so, most of them off. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I definitely recommend like reading the book and, and hearing yeah. how I explain each one, uh, because it's deep. It's yeah. definitely, definitely deep. It's definitely not, uh, and, and there's usually, it's usually uh, every food choice we make is usually a combination of all three. Yeah, I'd say so. The environment or the, and the emotional. So I help people make all the shifts they need from the nutritional standpoint, from the environmental standpoint, from the emotional standpoint. So when you go into that same situation, like your grandmother's house, you're not also having to eat in all day. So right. you're not coupling that nutritional thing with the environmental problem of the pantry. And then also with the fact that you had like a really hard day right, um, right, and you're going there for enough. So it's like how to manage that section to help you make better choices ongoing and ongoing and ongoing. Yeah. And I'm sure you're able to direct people that come into your program, read your book, but how do people, how are you meant to set a goal weight? Like, let's say you're going, we're going back to like using the scale or whatever, because there's, you know, there can be a goal weight, but then your body sometimes might not be able to go to that place. Like where, where are people getting this number from? Yeah, I think it's really important to have a, a realistic goal. Um, you know, I was talking to a friend recently and like, I'll just share her numbers, but you know, she ranges anywhere from like 128 to 140. 
And her habits at 128 are just as unhealthy as her habits at 140. And I'm like, you need to, you know, whether it's like just extremes of the cycle. And I'm like, I think you really need to be okay not striving for 125 because everything you're doing around that sect isn't healthy to hit it and everything. Um, and you're not happy. It's like, you kind of have to just like be okay being somewhere between like 132 and 136 because that's like a, that healthy, sustainable place for you. Mm -hmm. um, and this is based on this person's activity level and height and, yeah. and all that things. Um, so in my book, I definitely help you kind of achieve that healthy body weight goal. What I really recommend is using the BMI. For some reason, people like hate the body mass index because everyone uses this picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger, like who at his peak of bodybuilding, his biceps were like crazy and he was huge and he had an obese BMI, even though he was pure muscle. So everyone's like, how can you look at BMI? He's not obese, he's pure muscle. But like, if you're not pure muscle, okay? If you're just someone who sits a lot and has a desk job and is just like, getting on with your day in 2021 and you're working out maybe 30 minutes a day, 45 minutes a day. Um, the BMI is a really good indicator. It's a big yeah. range. So you can see by your, and it's what dietitians, doctors all look at uh, before you come into the office. So you go on the scale, the doctor doesn't usually look at the weight. The doctor looks at your weight per your height, which is the calculator uh, for the BMI, the body mass index, and it gives you numbers. So, you know, anything that's like 25 to 30 is considered overweight. Everything 30 to 35 is considered obese. And like, you know, I'm talking to people who have BMIs of like 45 these days. It's like just that morbidly obese. Um, so that was always, that always helped me figure out what a healthy body weight range is because it's a range. So it's like for your height of 5'4", I remember like if I was 5'4", 145 was like the like entering into that healthy BMI, the healthy body weight range. So that was always my goal. Like I was told my whole life, you're obese, you're obese, you're obese, you're off the charts. So I always wanted to kind of fit into that, that range of a healthy body weight, which is very, very broad. Um, the BMI works, it's a very broad. So per your height, the BMI range will be like, it could be like a 25, 30 pound range. So then once I wanted to be within that healthy weight range, it was a matter of where do I feel good? Where am I more fit? Um, but I definitely recommend looking at it. You can just Google BMI calculator uh, and put in your height and see what a healthy body weight range might be for you. Amazing. And you can be healthy yeah. with an overweight BMI. You could you know, be somewhat healthy with an overweight BMI if you're eating well, if you're exercising, all those things. And you can also be really unhealthy with a quote unquote healthy BMI if you're eating lots of junk food and never moving your body and smoking and drinking yeah. a lot of alcohol. So you know, this is just like a weight thing. Um, but of course it definitely comes down to all the other things that make up a healthy body. Yeah, I agree. I think I, and what's the, do you, for you, cause I know you, you're not a fan of excuses. You're not a fan of the all of not the attitude. No one should be, but, um, when people, do people come to you and say, oh, I'm big boned. Is that an ex, would you consider that I like an excuse? I say it all the time. I used to say it all the time. Like I thought I just, my whole family was big. So I always thought we were big boned. Yeah. Um, and right now, like I'm post having two kids. Um, my hips have like certainly widened with time, like with both pregnancies, but I thought it was amazing when I hit my goal weight, I was 
so narrow, like shockingly narrow. Like I always thought I still had hips and I do definitely have hips, but like once I got down to like my lowest weight, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe how big boned I thought I was. Like my shoulders are not broad. Um, you know, my hips are not that wide. Like I'm fitting into these narrow sizes. Um, so I think they're, I, you know, bones and muscle play a role, but, um, there's only so many pounds you could chalk it all up to. Yes. Yes. Okay. Millennials talk. We like to end by looking at a millennial, a recent millennial article about the topic that we're talking about. So the other day there was an article that was released that said millennials eating habits are revolutionizing food logistics. So they talk about the um, eating habits and I just wanted to, I wanted to give you a few stats and they talk mostly about millennials and the grocery store. And I wanted to understand from your perspective, your experience as like a nutritionist and everything, what you think. So the, the main point of this article is there's a big shift in, you know, how like, obviously, you know, the, the most, the healthiest part, if you're trying to be like, you know, stay consistent and et cetera, you should be shopping on the outer ring of a grocery store and avoiding mm-hmm. the middle stalls for as much as possible. So they're finding that a lot of people, especially millennials are doing that are buying more unprocessed foods like fruits and vegetables rather than processed foods like pasta and potato chips. And they're turning towards food that are healthy, fresh and organic. Um, 55% of millennials say that convenience is the one most important factor when deciding what foods to buy. Um, So what the article is pretty much saying is millennials are sticking to the outside, which is bad for the shops because they're pardon me, avoiding those middle aisles and the fact that they want convenience, they're ordering their groceries like online. Um, so they're avoiding like, you know, being tempted by those little treats in the middle. Um, so I wanted to ask you, are you finding that there's a shift with younger people in the foods that they're looking for? Uh, yeah, but not necessarily always getting them the results they want. Um, So I'd say there are like a lot of great, you know, millennial influences. People are doing what I eat in a day on YouTube, which is like 95% probably false and staged. But for the most part, like I do think, you know, there's been a lot of healthier influences in the younger space. um, And it's now more expected that our pop stars and our models and our actresses would be sharing what they're eating, which they never used to. So this can definitely like help. Um, unfortunately, you know, I, I have this whole series also of healthy versus healthy for weight loss. And I think people get very, 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 very confused, um, especially millennials. And I know because I work with a lot of the food companies and I know about their sales. And, you know, there's a big, big difference between healthy and healthy for weight loss. And you can be buying very expensive, quote unquote, healthy food and be gaining, you know, five, six pounds a month, month after month. Um, acai bowls, lots of nut butters, tons of nuts, dark chocolate, granola, vegan food, like a vegan burrito with vegan cashew cheese dressings, um, filled with beans and rice and like a whole avocado. I mean, it's a big difference between healthy and healthy for weight loss, which is what I'm trying to achieve with like more and more of my reels and my TikToks, help people explain because you can spend a lot of money on foods that are quote unquote healthy, have very minimal ingredients, but are all ingredients that are kind of low in volume and really high in fat and calories and aren't going to get you the results you want. So um, there's a lot of truth to 
of course, like that article is 100% true. Um, but it, it's tough because as millennials keep making and, and, you know, this huge shift to quote unquote healthier, more organic foods, our obesity ep epidemic is actually only increasing. So uh, it's, it's tough. These things, a lot of these things might be quote unquote healthy or have no artificial sweeteners or no quote unquote added sugars, but they're still being made with excessive amounts of natural sugars um, and still spiking your insulin, your blood sugar causing, you know, rapid weight gain. So I see a lot of my clients who are just incredibly frustrated because they feel like they are following these trends and they are, their intentions are all there and then their results are not, which can make a person extremely frustrated, which is usually where I help them. It's very, very rare that a client starts with me and is eating McDonald's burgers and fries. Like they've pretty much, they're probably someone who has already been you know, trying for the most part, working out online or maybe has a Peloton or, you know, is making some smoothies. It's just not getting them results because it's not all there. Something's still wrong. And that's it, where you come yeah. in. That's yeah, amazing. Right. Well, is there a piece of advice you can leave with like giving people who are looking to make that change, whether it's the new year or it's the new week or whatever it is, what is your Everybody, like yeah. big piece of advice? My big piece of advice is to just, is to don't like half-ass it. Um, you will, again, this is like a life skill and it requires really good guidance. I really recommend doing my program, uh, try to be mindset.com um, or getting my book. It's like $17 on Amazon. I have an audio book, like taking it seriously. Like you have to learn these things in order to be successful in life. Don't, don't keep kicking yourself feeling like I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying just because like, you're taking little bits from my Instagram and from that person's podcast, like take it seriously and, and keep that my food tracker every day. You're going to get a food tracker, like write down your food every day and figure, and I'll teach you like how to use it in a way that really builds your best eating plan for your lifestyle and your goals. Put the work in because you do for a, a few months, put that effort in and it literally becomes effortless. So you don't have to think about it moving forward. But if you keep like making these like half-ass attempts and getting a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit there, you just end up being frustrated. So go all in, be really focused, put the effort in. And then my program is designed to be effortless moving forward. Amazing. Well, do you want to give them your socials quickly? I'll put them in the show notes below as well. Sure. Uh, yeah, Ilana Molstein, RD on Instagram, I-L-A-N-A, -A, um, it should pop up. And on TikTok, I am Nutrition Babe. I'm so close to hitting 1.5 million followers. Please help me. Yay. Um, I'm very excited. I think I found you on TikTok, actually. Great. Love I love TikTok. Anyway, thank you so much for chatting with us today. That was so insightful and so helpful. And I think a lot of people are going to really benefit from everything you said. And I think the, the takeaway from me is... Firstly, don't half-ass it. And if you're going to do it, do it well. Like it's yeah. not going to be, it's not going to, you're not going to have a change in your life in, in anything really. You're never going to have a change in your life if you don't go all in. Right. You, we're not saying all or nothing. It's just, yes. you just do it properly. But thank you so much.